Hello, I'm Zanele Butelezi. Welcome to China Africa Talk. Chinese ambassador to Tanzania Chen Mingtian shares her insights on cultural exchanges between China and Africa. Cultural exchanges uh, help to improve the mutual understanding. Therefore, they down the solid base for friendship. Professor Kwesi DLS Pra speaks on what Africa stands to gain from stronger cultural exchanges with the second largest economy. If we are able to communicate with the Chinese, we can also learn some of their scientific uh, breakthroughs and they are able to share that in, in trust. At the 8th Ministerial Conference of the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation held in Dakar, Senegal in November 2021, China pledged to work with Africa in implementing nine programs to promote mutual developments and deepen ties. On the Culture Exchange Program, the two sides have stated plans to further create closer cultural exchanges as they work on further strengthening their relationship. For a closer look at the work being done to boost cultural and people-to-people -people exchanges between Africa and China, I speak to Chinese ambassador to Tanzania, Her Excellency Chen Mengjian, about fostering cultural exchange between the two sides. And later, I speak to Professor Kwesi Dieles Pra, a historian with the Department of History at the University of South Africa and a Jiangs Associate Researcher at East China Normal University in Shanghai. Her Excellency Ambassador Cheng Mingjian, among many positions that she's held since the 1990s, she has worked in the African Affairs Department of the Chinese Ministry for Foreign Affairs. She was also counselor in the Chinese Embassy in Egypt. I began by asking her for her evaluation of the China-Africa relationship. How do you see this relationship developing over the years and what's your assessment? As for the China-African relationship, you know, we enjoy long history friendship between the two sides. And after the establishment of the FORCAC, as you mentioned just now, the Forum on China-African Cooperation, the bilateral relations between the two sides developed even faster. And nowadays, if you just check the numbers and the facts between the two sides, you will find how rapidly development and how important the relationship for the two sides. I can give you many numbers and the statistics regarding the bilateral relations. Among all the relations, cultural relation is the linkage, or you can say lay down the foundation for any important bilateral relation. Why is it important to have this uh, cultural aspect of the relationship between China and Africa? Why do we need to have um, programs that focus specifically to this um, aspect of cultural exchanges? Yes, as one of the uh, developing countries, China has much in common with African countries. The bilateral friendship between China and African countries dated back to centuries ago. 
people got to know each other, you know, through the languages and cultures. Cultural exchanges help to improve the mutual understanding. Therefore, they done the solid base for friendship. You were appointed Chinese ambassador to Tanzania in 2021. So looking back in the period that you have been in Tanzania now for the two years that you've spent there, what's your evaluation of uh, the Tanzania-China exchanges that have taken place? Do you still see an interest from people in Tanzania to learn more about China as well as, you know, understand the language and the cultures that are in China? Uh, yes, definitely, I see in that way. China and African countries have conducted exchange in various fields, such as education, sports, films and TV, books and the press and publishing, and Tanzania at the same. The cultural exchange between China and Tanzania has seen lots of positive exchanges, resulted in more understanding about each other than ever before. As for the interests of Tanzanians, students or public uh, about China's language, culture, I should say the interests in that field have been souring for years. I can witness by my own eyes People are learning about China through varieties of ways. The number of Tanzanian students who are learning Chinese or related subjects is growing all the time in Tanzania and also in China as well. And what other programs uh, can you highlight uh, in terms of, you know, cultural exchanges that you have over there in Tanzania? And uh, what are some of the success stories that you can share with us to give us a sense of, of the work that has been done? As the government representative, we signed the implementation program between the two countries for the official exchange for in cultural sites. So last year in May, uh, both sides have already signed a new implementation program for the cultural agreement that aims to strengthen bilateral cooperation and cultural exchange, which covers culture, arts, tourism, uh, journalism, sports, and uh, education, and aims to deepen the traditional uh, friendship between the two countries. A lot of concrete programs are included in that implementation program. What has impressed you about the response that you are getting when you are conducting these programs of uh, promoting cultural exchanges between the peoples of uh, China and uh, Tanzania? Yes, you know, any sound exchange must be needed by two sides. From my point of view, the Tanzanians are very welcomed the cultural briefing and cultural activities that China organized in this country. And uh, the uh, language learning, as I mentioned just now, it can uh, serve as the example. At the same time, uh, local people would like to learn the Chinese culture in many ways, such as the Kung Fu, Kung Fu, you know, the, the martial arts, a lot of young people like to learn 
and the center of Chinese culture uh, open the classes for Kung Fu, Tai Chi, those kind of cultural symbols to local people. And uh, every time the course was full of fans, they want to learn more. And of course, we would like to know from the local people what are the main uh, part they want to learn, and uh, we will cooperate uh, with that regard. Ambassador, going forward, are there any new areas that you think needs to be promoted in order to ensure that cultural exchanges happen to a higher level going forward? Are there other new areas that you think Um, both China and Africa or China and Tanzania need to also elevate and uh, make sure that there is stronger cooperation between the two sides. Yes, uh, I should say the cultural exchange is in the all-round cooperation for the two sides. So all the aspects are needed and uh, the both sides now maintain a very close relationship and increase the number of cooperative activities. And uh, besides uh, the aspects I mentioned to you just now, such as the language learning, people-to-people exchange, arts performance exchange, and the TV show, the sports and the tourism are also highly wanted or needed by the two sides. And we are working on the promotion to Chinese people uh, of Tanzania's uh, beautiful natural scenery. And uh, hopefully more and more Chinese tourists can come to visit this beautiful country. As for the uh, new field for to elevate the level of cooperation of the two sides in the cultural uh, aspect, I think capacity building in cultural fields is very important. Due to the latest development of industrialization, both China and African countries need more human resources. All activities, you know, could only be conducted by peoples. So the capacity building is the one we think uh, which is very important. That was Chinese ambassador to Tanzania, Her Excellency Chen Mengjian sharing her insights on cultural exchanges between China and Africa. Before we move on to our next guest, let's hear from ordinary Africans and Chinese as they talk about how cultural exchanges between China and Africa have impacted them. Napenda Kenya. People happy like, wow, a Chinese can speak a language. She must be like, really love us. And I saw she's talking in Swahili. So I wondered if how can a Chinese talk in Swahili? Uh, we are trying to learn more and more to, about Africa, about African people, about the history of Africa, uh, so that we can better understand what Africans are, are thinking about and what they need. Now for an African perspective on China-Africa cooperation in the field of culture, I speak to Professor Kwesi Dieles Pra, a historian with the Department of History at the University of South Africa and an adjunct associate researcher 
at the East China Normal University, Shanghai. Professor Kwesi Pra has written a number of articles and books on Africa-China relations. One of the books he co-authored and published in 2017 is titled Africa-China Partnership and Relations, An African Perspective. He begins by reflecting on the importance of cultural exchanges between African states and China. It's a very interesting topic, but probably the most valuable because business and trade cannot operate with, within a vacuum, within a, peop, a vacuum of, of, of understanding. You cannot uh, choose to trade or do business with a client you do not know about. Um, so it was in the interest, the economic interests, to have a solid, solid cultural foundation on which to build relations. And hence, our approach in the early 2000s to say, to at a formal level, that look, cultural exchanges and relations are the bedrock of any relationship you'd have with uh, with with people uh, or state to state. Um, and so, this is the launch of our research initiative. In that sense, a lot of research initiatives. In that sense, hence mine as well. I mean, you are one of the people that has been part of the program of people-to-people exchanges. You studied in China and you also taught in China. So I'm curious to know what kind of experience you had during this time that you spent in China in terms of bridging the cultural divide. Was it a process that was challenging, difficult, or was it easy Another excellent question. Um, it, 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 yeah, this is definitely a little more personal and um, has had a massive impact on, on my understanding of relationships between societies and people. Um, to travel to China, to, to study in China, and then to work in China are completely two different uh, experiences. You know, one, one, I'm going there as a young mind, uh, impressionable mind, or, well, reasonably young. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, and taking in a language that I have no understanding or idea about and having to learn it from scratch. And a society which is also opening up to African realities uh, more concretely, you know, in a digital age. So people had many questions as, as a student. Um, and of course, the flip side is that people were also ignorant about certain certain aspects of African reality. So as a student, you are... Uh, sort of learning uh, and then as a practitioner working you are now sharing and, and and imparting knowledge so there were two different types of experiencing experiences i was humbled it was an awesome experience it was an exciting experience it was a challenging experience at the same time um because of the language and because of dealing with certain perceptions about africa and and having to address those perceptions but the positivity about it is that it has grown exponentially in just two decades of exchange. Uh, and this is primarily at an academic level, which is probably the most important because this is how people slowly become aware intellectually about the strengths and weaknesses of a society. And African students see China differently as they grow to understand the intellectual side of things. Of course, there's been trade uh, between Africans and Chinese for quite a, some time, um, as, you know, so a lot of knowledge was imparted already, especially in spaces like Guangzhou and, and Georgia, um, uh, Yiwu and so on. So 
those relationships already existed, but intellectually, you know, and getting getting knowledge about Africa onto a mainstream onto mainstream platforms, be it books, be it uh, in China or in Africa about China, it, it, these are the exercises that have only seen um, a lot of growth in the past two decades, which is excellent and exciting. But yeah, it was two different experiences. As a student, it was it was more of a challenge, and I sort of knew what to expect as a as a as a teacher going into those spaces. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to say too much other mm-hmm. than just to say that it was we. I think a lot was learned in both in both experiences, and I'm excited at the opportunity opportunities for other African scholars to go into Chinese spaces and to share their knowledge because it's it's something that the Chinese population of students really, really crave. I mean, desperately want to hear about and to understand uh, and to realize the similarities of struggle and to realize the similarities of hope, you know, between Chinese and Africans in the global South in general at, and at a, at a planetary level. That this, These are things that need to happen. Uh, and I'm just excited that I had that chance to do so. I'm curious to know from your perspective, why do you think um, China and Africa are, are taking cultural exchanges as something that's very, very important to focus on? Again, I think your question builds on the, the previous one in terms of importance of cultural ties. Um, this is, I, I, just, to, just to, without overstating the point that one cannot do business without knowing the other, you know, and, and I think one of the key problems about some of the economic relationships that were established is that the Chinese didn't know too much about the African, uh, certain African uh, forms of exchange or business exchange and cultural traits and customs that they needed to understand. The working environment, culturally speaking, the working environment that they, they, both sides needed to acclimatize and get themselves in a space where they understood what was important and what was not important about Chinese society and vice versa, East African, West African, Northern African, Southern African uh, cultures. So this, I think, became the underlying theme because then a lot of things came up due to the fact that both sides weren't knowledgeable about the other. And so I think over time, at an academic level, at a policy level, and then just at the ground, at a people-to-people level, we all now began to understand that, look, we need to put a lot of emphasis on cultural ties so that people understand each other better. Here in China, I've come across some of the programs, especially at the Beijing Foreign Studies University, where they teach Isizulu to Chinese students. And I was very impressed by their level of communication and and comprehension of the language, which is a South African language. So how significant is this process of introducing programs of teaching African languages and cultures in schools? Um, There is a primary school in Zhejiang province where students are being taught about uh, the different cultures in Africa. What impact can this have on um, China-Africa ties? It's a great question. This is this probably the most important form of exchange at the cultural level, language, because it is the bedrock of one's science, it's the bedrock of one's worldview and perception. The society's existence is based on how they express themselves, uh, and language is the core of, of it's one of the core um, attributes of human society. So I think 
emphasis on building linguistic capability from both sides is crucial to building better relations. And I completely agree that it should, it, it already is occurring at a university level where you have language being, uh, African languages uh, being taught in Chinese um, spaces or to Chinese students. But that is, that's just a small fraction of the population. I think a lot more emphasis needs to be placed on reaching out to a wider group of people. And yes, in high school, or even primary level, this is important. I know South Africa is already engaged in that process. The Ministry of Education has already brought in Chinese as one of the languages of choice for high schoolers. Um, and so this is, this, this is a great step. Professor Kwesi Pra says Africa stands to benefit a lot from people-to-people -people exchanges with China, especially in the field of science and technology. When we say people-to-people, -people, it, it doesn't just end at art and and sort of language, one speaking one's language, but it's actually understanding how the language is used in science, uh, which is now key to human advancement. That if we are able to communicate with the Chinese, we can also learn some of their scientific uh, breakthroughs and they're able to share that in, in trust and in, in, in confidentiality that like the West did with African students going into the United States or going to France or so on to learn a UK, you know, they're trying to do the same so that at a higher level of intellectual development, society, both societies can understand each other better and you know, impart knowledge, which is very important to the advancement of human, human beings, you know. That's a very, very important uh, point you're making there of, um, you know, being able to share knowledge in the, in the language that the Chinese speak so that they are able to communicate with us and also impart what uh, the wealth of knowledge that they have, especially in fields such as science. So do you see that growing? I mean, Africa moving towards that direction where we have more knowledge sharing as we learn more about China and we learn more of the language itself. Yes, I mean, it, that's what I'm, that's, I think this is what is happening already. Uh, I'm a product, at least from the social sciences side of things, that there is a great, there has been a great leap of, of, of knowledge uh, production between African scholars and Chinese scholars. There's been a great leap uh, in terms of political thinking, philosophy, and, you know, sociological uh, understanding of how people interact, you know, and this is beginning to affect and change the way the political elite are actually understanding the planet and, and how people uh, and states and people are, uh, are growing. So for me, it is an it's still a very important uh, aspect of the exchange, the academic intellectual exchange. I think it's a two-way street. It's not necessarily Africans knowing about the science of the Chinese are producing, but it's it's also the other way around that, that the Chinese are learning about the politics, not necessarily the post-colonial politics, but their internal cultural politics uh, of African society, which is important. Um, philosophies, which is which are important, because this could this could affect the way uh, they also uh, uh, share or or understand society within themselves. Africa has a rich history of of philosophical development of of societal organization, uh, whether it be the state or whether it be a, a, a small communities. But we have our own versions of 
um, organization and, and cohesion, which, which could be key to the way human beings advance in the future. So I think there's, a, there's an open field, there are frontiers which are still to be broken and, 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 and explored, which, which I'm excited and happy to be a part of going forward. That was Professor Kwesi DLS Pra, a historian with the Department of History at the University of South Africa and a Jans Associate Researcher at East China Normal University, Shanghai. Let me also thank Her Excellency, Chinese Ambassador to Tanzania, Chen Mingjian. That's all the time we have for this episode. If you like this content, please share it. And don't forget to subscribe for more content like this one. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.